When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Geekscapists, welcome to a brand new Geekscape podcast. I'm Jonathan London, your host. And if this is your first Geekscape, well, welcome. We're going to be talking pop culture on this episode. There's going to be a lot of Stranger Things talk. I got to warn you right now that we're going to hold the Stranger Things talk, the, the spoilerific stuff, the general stuff we'll, we'll get to right off the bat uh, with my guest, Caitlin, who y'all have met before. She's amazing. Um, so this is how it's going to go, okay? This is Geekscape. We talk movies, video games, and comic books. Check. We're going to be talking a lot of pop culture this next hour. Check. Um, and uh, that's the way we do it. Uh, so for this hour, we're going to be talking about Stranger Things season four. You want to call it 4.5? These last two episodes that were like a two hours plus each that hit that we all watched this past weekend. We're going to be talking that. Uh, we'll save the spoilers for the end. And then I also want to tell you all about a, a movie that I watched over the weekend that I think is the best thing I've seen all year. And on top of that, uh, let's do some series catch-up. I didn't really talk about um, The Umbrella Academy Season 3, which I really enjoyed. And then this new one called The Terminalist that's got Chris Pratt and some other like Chris Pratt periphery actors in it. Um that hit Amazon over the weekend. It kind of snuck up on us, but if you're into like Tom Clancy espionage sort of um, conspiracy theory, governmental stuff, then I think the uh, terminal list is a really cool series. So what do you say? We strap ourselves in and let's get some geeks. Keep going. Geekscapists, let's start talking some pop culture. Um, we've got my good friend Caitlin Cornell on the show. And, uh, you know, Caitlin's somebody who I first met because I needed an additional panelist for LA Comic Con to do a fantasy panel about the rise in Dungeons and Dragons and fantasy storytelling and all that post Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter kind of stuff. Um, and she was great on the panel. You know what wasn't great on the panel? Jonathan's recording from the board capabilities because that panel is lost to time. It sounds like <laughs> because I was walking the panel and uh, had no way to test my audio when I started recording the panel and Matt Kelly wasn't there to not his fault. Well, we're going to blame Shane, who was driving Matt Kelly to the convention center and got him there late. But uh, there was no way to test the recording, so we did not get Caitlin uh, or the panel recorded properly. It really sounded like noise, and I did my best, but oof, it was it was DOA. Uh, that being said, Caitlin can also be heard every month right here on the Geekscape 
uh, book club where they'll talk about all sorts of comics that you should need. These are collected ones. These are like uh, trade paperbacks, graphic novels, whatever you want to tell them, but whatever you want to call them. But uh, these are um, storylines that are collected. And what they'll do is they'll announce the, the book of the week and um, and then they'll, they'll discuss them. Uh, I will book of the month and they'll discuss them. So <clears throat> there's Matt Kelly pleading his case right there. He says, it's correction. It was the middle of LA. The doors were at nine and eight 45 seemed like a good time to park. Matt, this is not on you. Uh, I do not blame you. You were a hostage in the situation getting to LA comic con. Uh, and, uh, Matt has some late breaking announcement right here on the podcast. Kate also has another podcast idea that will be a reality in a post comic con world in San Diego, uh, post San Diego. Uh, so stay tuned for that. We're going to announce, uh, Caitlin's awesome new podcast network. Uh, maybe not here. I don't know. I don't know how far advanced it is. Matt doesn't tell me anything, nor should he, because I like surprises and what do I, I just pay the bill. Like Matt does whatever he wants with the network. Um, he, he just creates shows and I just make sure that the lights stay on uh, and that my light stays on. Uh, so there's, there's that. Uh, speaking of San Diego Comic-Con, um, Caitlin will be there. Uh, Matt will be there. Katie will be there. Derek will be there. Heidi will be there. We'll be at booth 3919 all week. And I got added to a panel. I was nice enough to be invited to um, moderate a panel with uh, two writers talking about adapting the most recent Lost in Space show for Netflix. Uh, these are feature guys. So going into television and making a show for Netflix, especially something as like high profile as like a Lost in Space revamp. I don't know if y'all watched it. It was, it was actually pretty great. I really enjoyed it. Uh, but Matt Sazama and, and Burke Sharpless are the, the co-writing team. Um, and they invited me to be their moderator for the panel. So I'll be doing that on Friday. And I think they'll be showing up at the booth beforehand along with a uh, geekscape mainstays like Megaran, etc uh sometimes you see them on the network but you'll be able to meet them in person there at the geekscape booth 3918 that doesn't mean that you need to be in san diego if you just subscribe to this feed that you're listening to my voice on right now you're going to get a lot of the san diego comic con content uh we're going to do a daily show after the booth uh, after the floor closes every day where we're going to do a wrap-up where maybe people like caitlin or uh Derek or Matt, tell us about what they experienced that day. And we do a daily update right here on this feed about San Diego Comic-Con. So it's like we're putting you in the backpack and bringing you with us. And not only that, you get six days of Comic-Con goodness, not just the five that everybody who's there gets. We get there on Tuesday. We set up the booths. We're going to spoil a bunch of stuff that we've seen that like is probably still under blankets and stuff not being revealed. So maybe if there's some cool stuff, you probably should be subscribing to the Geekscape socials. So you can see lots of cool images and uh, hear lots of cool stories. So, um, yeah, be, be on it. We are live on Facebook, Twitch, and YouTube. And, of course, thank you for subscribing to this podcast. Let's bring Caitlin in here and let's start talking some pop culture. How's that? Hi. <laughs> hey, kid. How are you? You were, you, were, you were running late. So I don't want to blame you for my intro. I should be a That's professional. Fine. But, That's fine. But uh, I was like... How do I host a show? And so my intro was a little jumbled, but let's be honest. I, it, it's always a little bit jumbled. Jonathan doesn't always have it together. He rarely does, actually. Uh, what was going on? Did you pop a tire or something? Yeah, I was helping out. Sorry, Geekscapers. I, no, I was helping out a friend. We are, we are escapists. Escapist. Yeah, that's kind of the gist of it, is that we're all escapists. Sorry. I got it. If I'm going to host a <laughs> podcast on this network, I should learn how to say every all, all the jargon. It's okay. I, you know what? 
uh, if I want more women to be on the network, I should probably not mansplain to them too. So that's let's, fine. Let's I'll just, just woman explain kind of, right back. That's uh, that is welcome. Thank you. So what happened? You were helping a friend out. I was they, helping a friend out, and then he was on the west side, so I got caught in traffic on the way back. Which people who don't live in LA, I I'm very proud of you for not being in this traffic. But people who do live in LA understand. <laughs> Caitlin, it's like. How good a friend is this that you would go all the way to the west side? Uh, apparently, <laughs> like, he's a very good on. friend, especially during, especially with the gas prices as they were. I mean, feel honored. I don't go anywhere on the other side of the freeway. Any freeway. I'm learning my lesson because uh, this is what I do. I walk to Seven <laughs> Eleven. I come home and I act angry at home. Great. <laughs> okay. Uh, Santa you don't Monica act angry is at the Seven Eleven. That's like the only place to act angry. <laughs> No, I uh, I I went to Santa Monica to see a friend's film that was playing at the Lemley over there. And when I was on my way back, Heidi called me like two or three times to say, hey, how are you not home yet? I said, sweetie, I'm not back to the freeway yet. How's Heidi doing, by the way? She's doing good. Heidi Geekscapist caught the COVID. She, uh, she's been working with kids. She's a teacher. So she works with younger people and younger people are walking Petri dishes. So uh, Heidi came home and she wasn't. Newsflash. So are older people. (laughs) Yeah. Thank goodness for science. And I'm glad I got vaccinated and Heidi got vaccinated, but we knew sooner or later we were going to get it. And, uh, and she was working with these younger kids and doing the teacher thing. And she came home and wasn't feeling too good. And uh, I, uh, was taking care of her. I was trying to socially distance. I was, I was staying in the yeah. living room and she was quarantined in the bedroom, but you know what? Sooner or later it was just going to happen. So I'm on like a three day delay from Heidi's illness. And I think I'm out of the woods now. I think, I think if I test tomorrow, I'm going to be totally in the clear. Hooray. Um, that be, that being said, like, I don't really hang out with anybody. So people are like, Oh man, that's really a bummer. No, <laughs> I just been home writing and doing Geekscape stuff. And uh, I got to watch Umbrella Academy season three, which I that really loved. I don't know. Yeah, that's a show you watch, right? I li- like- yeah, I like Umbrella Academy. And especially it's been getting a lot of really good um, uh, press because of Elliot Page. Um, and they have a really, really good cast in it. And they're they're they refocused the character to align with the actor. So that was really cool. I'm really glad they did that. And uh, I'm that's why it's getting a lot of good news right now. And it's getting putting a lot out into that community. So I love that. I think the show is better than, I mean, no offense, Gerard, who was nice enough to do an interview at the Geekscape booth at Comic-Con years <laughs> ago. And, uh, and I, and I like him and Gabriel Ba, I think, yeah, uh, he did. He and his brother did a book called Day Tripper, which I think is one of the great graphic novels. I do love Day Tripper. Uh, it's phenomenal. And I think if y'all are doing non-superhero stuff, maybe it's a future um, Geekscape book club entry. But hey, I that's hope your so. show. There's a lot of there's a lot of of content to be had in the non in the non-superhero DC Marvel scape. There's a lot of independence that we need to hit. I, I think Day Tripper is a great one. If Geekscape is you're looking for something that's not um, tights and superheroes to do, I think Day Tripper is phenomenal. It's it's an emotional wallop, so be ready for that. Um, that being said, uh, they did this comic, Umbrella Academy, together, and I enjoyed Umbrella Academy, but the show is able to put more space into some of the bizarre, crazy ideas in Umbrella Academy 
And I love the first two seasons. Uh, but this third season where they run afoul of like an alternate universe version of the Academy, but that's the Sparrow Academy. I loved it. Yeah. It, this was my favorite season. It has some real mind bending ideas and going into what I think might be the final season, season four. Wow. I, it, who knows what the hell is going to happen, but Umbrella Academy is crazy. And I can't believe they get these crazy ideas and are able to to convey them I so also, efficiently. I also feel like with Netflix, it's like you have the camps and I'm seeing them in the chats. Chat, I see you. I understand you. I feel you. We'll get there. No, don't, don't, don't ignore the chat. <laughs> this is a podcast. We do the, audio. Please ignore the chat. It's the, um, I feel like most of the, the fan base is either, yes, I like Stranger Things and Umbrella Academy is okay or I love Umbrella Academy and Stranger Things is just okay. So I'm really glad that Netflix has like the bo- both of the kind of like super natural with kids kind of covered on both ends like you, you you're allowed to like both yeah but i i'm you're, noticing you, you, there's a trend are. of like one or the other that's just like my heart calls to that well, well caitlin let's talk a little bit of stranger things before we get into the spoiler stuff later yeah absolutely but just let's generally just real quickly no i spoilers. think ultimately i think ultimately geekscapists i am in the crowd that is the one that loves umbrella academy and enjoys the mind warpiness and how much they can pack in an episode. Right. I, I, I do enjoy Stranger Things, but I found this. I didn't know that the running times were necessary on these last couple episodes from the season four. I thought the, the, some of the moments were drawn out and I felt there was some melodrama that uh, I was like, hey, you know what? We've explored this. Let's, let's keep clipping. Y'all have a ticking clock here. And I, the ticking clock felt like it was ignored a lot of times when people had to have their moments. And uh, let's, you know what? We got to stop this Vecna guy. He's the worst, and we got to stop him. He's not <laughs> as bad as the hill. basketball coach guy, the, the head of the basketball team. <laughs> I love oh, there's like a meme that's that going guy. around of just like I can't believe I don't like Vecna as much as I hate basketball. <laughs> And I, oh. I haven't felt see, more seen. Caitlin, in your enthusiasm, you're tapping something on your desk. Sorry, it's I will coming not through your tap. microphone. It's okay. It's okay. Uh, do what I do and smack. I just smack, smack my head. My head. Um, <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> you got more to lose than I do. I just smack my head. <laughs> my brain gets a little mushy. Uh, the the Stranger Things. It's it's so impressive. I think this stuff is. I I've said it before on the show how much I love Nightmare on Elm Street. That was my horror yeah. franchise, and this is Nightmare on Elm Street, and it does it in such a great way. Reversed. And I can and I can complain all I want about the runtime, but ultimately, as I said, I think last week or the week before, I'm complaining about Cotton Candy. Like you got to enjoy your Stranger Things, even if like you're like, oh, that plan makes no sense. Why didn't they just do this? And stuff will get to later in the episode, right? But at the end of the day, uh, Jonathan. You would have fucking loved this show in high school. You would have loved this show in college. You better be fucking loving this I show love now. I love this show now. I'm in the camp of Stranger Things. I'm making a pair of shoes, and that's one of my cosplays this year for Comic-Con is Stranger Things. Incredible. I know. Incredible. And I, I mean, let's just – let's call it right now, since we're both going to be in San Diego Comic-Con, um, what is the average number of people in Hellfire Club – t-shirts we're going to see past the booth all of them in a, in a day in a day are we going to get 20 30 40 I think it's, I think it's, club easily, it's gonna easily be like 50 and up like those shirts are already selling out and i definitely have one <laughs> on the way to my house listen you, you listen don't game the vote by just showing up all day in your in your hellfire club t-shirt that's cheating 
These is have to it? be independent. Is no, you can wear it. But you know what? If you wear it more than once, we're going to know you're stinky because I don't know where you're doing laundry down in San Diego Comic-Con. You're dipping it in the bay and washing it. I know what you're doing. I know. Uh, Derek Cranavelt's in the chat. He says, I'm going to buy 50 myself. Yes. Uh, maybe, Caitlin, you can help me this year in helping me keep Derek from buying superfluous things that are only going to make him complain about how expensive Comic-Con is, even though he buys things that are really, really overblown and expensive, and then he doesn't know how to ship them home. In Canada, the dude's got an addiction. I mean, so FedEx exists everywhere. <laughs> that being said, these Hellfire Club t-shirts that are going to be everywhere at Comic-Con, will they beat the amount of jokers we saw during the Dark Knight summer? Oh, God. Everybody a was a joker. Oh, it was... Comic-Con was a thing. It well, was, I mean, there like, were a lot of Jokers. Joker season, not season, pleh, Joker no, it's 2, a reality we the live in. sequel, is happening. <laughs> no. It is a thing. No. It will happen. I was hoping you, no. You got to stop this, Caitlin. Find, you You have contacts. You got to find a way. Go to the Upside Down and I'm, you got to find a way. I don't have that much power. That movie is my If Beckner. I did have that much power, <laughs> Beckman would be behind me right now. That's where my power would lie. I don't want no. You know, I'm I'm sure I'm sure they're nice people. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they're all nice people involved. I'm sure Todd Phillips I'm sure a nice guy. The the first Joker, I, you know I Ian Kerner got mad at me. I never saw it because I was like this is this is where you tear it. This is it. This is it for me. I don't need it. Oh, look, I think your uh show yeah, just got announced. Here. You know, well, yeah, you're right. I think they just announced your uh, your show on the Geekscape Network. That's the siren for the show. Uh, Chris Falios, who's the host of the um, uh, One Hit Thunder podcast, says, Hell "Yeah, One Hit Thunder. Joker, Joker was better than the Batman. Oh, good. I will actively avoid both of them. I'm curious about that opinion, Christopher, because I do not share that opinion. But they're almost, but they were almost the same length. So you know, which was still shorter than Stranger Things." <laughs> I watched that Batman thing and I was like, okay, this is your Batman. Yeah. I, I, I've said it on the show. I'm looking forward to the sequel and I hope I want the brighter Batman that it looks yeah. like he's headed towards. That being said, I'm not averse to three hour epics. I'm not and I got to tell you this right now, Caitlin, because I freaking texted you this in my excitement. <laughs> okay. So it's, it's 4th of July. I'm not feeling the most patriotic because country is perfect time to go things. to the upside down, bro. Oh my goodness. I'd rather be in the upside down than in this country sometimes. Uh, but I'm not going to get all Marxist socialist weirdest anti america guy. Cause I love my country and that's what makes me so sad. Um, I was looking for something that was kind of like innocent and dumb, but also American style spectacular Yeah. to watch yesterday on the Netflix and Heidi and we're just looking for something to, to watch while well, we vegged out and we found it. This is a movie that when it was in theaters in March, a lot of people were telling me about it. They were like, you got to see this Indian movie. It's uh, a, a Tollywood movie. This triple R movie. Let me just tell you right now, Caitlin, this is the best movie. This is the best anything that I have seen. <laughs> That's also the best this poster. Year. I mean, like- this movie is psycho. This is a movie that is... Um, I'm going to go to the Wikipedia. This is a Telugu language epic. This is an Indian film, uh, but it is big like a Bollywood, Tollywood film. This is explosions and dance sequences and over-the-top theatrics, but 
it is also a movie about friendship and uh, loyalty to one's cause Mm -hmm. and secrets. It's got twists and turns. It's got so much plot and story happening in this thing. And it is told hitting every single genre you got, including musical, that you had just have to be blown away. I put this thing on and Heidi thought I was putting on it as a joke. Like, oh, this is cute. Like, you're going to watch something that's a little bit weird and, and silly. And the second her eyes hit the screen, she did not. She saw every frame of this movie. And her our jaws just kept dropping further and further. It has everything from like a romantic story and a big dance sequence and some intimate moments and some really longing glances and it's got a dude flying through an explosion and punching a fucking tiger. Like there is some crazy shit in this movie. This movie is off Stranger the walls. Stranger Things does I not don't... have that. There's no tiger punching in Stranger Things. Caitlin, I had heard about this movie in, in March and how I had to go, had to go. And my biggest failing of this year was not seeing this thing in theaters when it was in theaters. Because this is the best theatrical movie. This is Michael Bay meets Zack Snyder meets... Um, Bollywood Moulin Rouge like times a thousand this movie is incredible I think also all of those directors are back in theaters right now yeah I gotta tell you this this triple R if if you got this on the Netflix Geekscapus find the biggest TV you can with the best sound system you can and watch this thing it is it is subtitled uh, you're in, 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 I think I believe it's in Hindi. You're just gonna watch the thing and fall in love with it because it's so impressive. This is India's Avengers movie. It's the highest grossing film in India. Wow, it's incredible and everything. And I just kept waiting for people to be like, oh, to just be like, oh, it's overblown. People really enjoyed it, but they, you know, they were giving it points because it was different. They're giving it points because it's a new culture. They're giving it points because it's not the same old Hollywood stuff. Mm-hmm. No, they're giving it points because it's fucking awesome. And this movie blew my socks off. And I cannot wait to watch it again. I want to run a theater and I want to invite all my friends to watch it. You're on that list, Caitlin. Yay! I just want to cheer for this film with a theater, with like a theater full of people. I just want to have so much fun watching this. People will be ripping the seats out cheering for this. It's got music. It's got everything. This movie, I don't know what this movie doesn't have. Right. It really is amazing. <laughs> I don't think I, I, you a think I'm overselling it. It doesn't have a bad review. I don't know anybody who's seen this movie and wasn't completely blown away by right. just the spectacular nature of it. It's incredible. I couldn't believe Heidi watched the whole thing. And then as I was 20 minutes in, I knew we weren't going to turn it off. <laughs> it was incredible. Uh, La Femme Cinema on Twitch says they sure know how to use that 4K camera on that movie. It's spectacularly well shot. It's awesome. It's got Ray Stevenson in it too, who played the Punisher. Really? In one of the Punisher movies. Yeah, he plays oh, a bad no. guy. It it takes place during the British rule of India. Um yeah. during, during King George. And it is a a lot of the movie is about this 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 girl gets kidnapped from a village, basically in rural India, and the village puts together their hero to go with a team to get the girl back. Meanwhile, the crown sounds in like Delhi, the plot of Obi Wan. Yeah, yeah. So, so well, it's, okay. this thing blows Obi Wan out of the water. Uh, no offense, Obi Wan. This thing blows Obi Wan out of the water. Okay, so, a lot of things blow it out of the water. It, meanwhile, there's there's this police recruit who's also Indian, but he has loyalty to the crown. Um, 
And he is put in charge of finding this person they've been warned about who is going to tr- come and try and kidnap this girl. The person who from the rural village, who you definitely see outrace a wolf and a tiger, comes to Delhi and he wants to find out where this girl is being held in the city and how she's in the palace. And he wants to figure out a way to rescue her. Mm. He has to go undercover. Meanwhile, this cop, it's like Infernal Affairs, is has like pledged to, fi- to root out this person. So he goes undercover. While they're undercover, they befriend each other and create a bromance like no other built on super heroics is it the 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 two people who are in the poster hell yeah and you're just waiting for these guys to figure out who the other person is because you know the shit's gonna hit the fan when these two brothers realize they're on opposite sides (sighs) and and that's only the beginning of this movie when they realize when they realize the loyalties have been played against you like this only the beginning of this movie this movie has everything and this movie has everything <laughs> it's incredible. You're gonna love oh, it. I can't wait. You're gonna love it. I can't wait to show everybody this movie. Uh, the other thing I watched, and I, there, here's why I watched it. Um, Tasha Levy, who's been on the show before, is Sean Gunn's wife, and Sean is in this new show called The Terminalist. And Sean's been on the show. Yeah. So I'm always looking on the Instagram, and I'd never heard of this movie, uh, this show, The Terminalist. I thought it was a movie. It's a brand new Amazon show. Uh, and it's got Chris Pratt, and I know people are like Chris Pratt this, Chris Pratt that. I like Chris Pratt. He's I said hi to him on the on the LA River running bat path, and he's like, "What's up, man?" And he was super nice. Uh, well, this is Chris Pratt. Like you, you think the guy, think what you will about this guy. You haven't seen Chris Pratt like this. Yes, there's a little bit of like Southern good old boy stuff going on where you think you've seen Chris Pratt like that. But he's actually this Navy SEAL. And still, you're like, Jonathan, I've seen Chris Pratt act like a Navy SEAL guy. Uh, in this one, at the very beginning, he's with this platoon. And this is eight episodes, mm-hmm. uh, about an hour long. And Sean is in the third or fourth episode. And you see them in, in uh, I think, Iran. And they're in the Middle East. And they come, this whole platoon of, of SEALs gets, like, almost wiped out. He's one of the only survivors. And as he's on his way like back, baby? like Navy SEALs, these are the badasses. These badasses are in these so underground tunnels. They're getting these, they're getting their asses kicked. Oh, if they were actually playing like baby seals, seals and sea lions, Hilarious. this, this might've been better than triple R. See, but they fail. they're playing, they're playing tough guy, Navy SEALs. Okay. And, and when, and, and you're like, okay, he's the lone survivor. Maybe there's a couple guys who can survive this thing. And then you start thinking, wait, are the other guys who survived in his head? Wait, is this guy a faulty narrator? Is he starting to see things? He gets back and they ask him to get an MRI check and he does it. And he's starting to have these brain issues and he's starting to misremember the mission. And he tells his wife and his kid back in San Diego about it. And uh, he's got his, his buddy who's in the FBI and that's uh, Taylor Kitsch who we haven't seen in a long time mm-hmm. act, but I love Taylor Kitsch and they're on a boat and he's like, Hey man, that whole mission went tits up, but there's something else going on with this mission. And he starts poking around and kind of asking the wrong questions right. in like Tom Clancy style. He kind of starts to uncover conspiracy and bodies start dropping. And he has to make a list of the people who put him and his men in those tunnels and then we're possibly experimenting on them with medications oh, that shit. were affecting their brains. And so 
I don't want to spoil too much about it because it is like Tom Clancy style mystery. I'm usually not totally into that stuff, but they did it really well. Like Antoine Fuqua directed the the pilot. Like he okay. he did Training Day. Like yeah. he's an incredible director. And it does have some really great cast in it. Like I said, Taylor Kitsch, Sean Gunn's in it, Gene Triplehorn. Um, who's playing this bad guy? Let me think. I do uh, love that that big, you know, action movie directors are directing pilots and and starting the you know they look great and this this thing's really well done um jack courtney who is obviously in in uh another james gunn related project he's in suicide squad is in it and um uh, constance Wu, who you who who's great oh, so welcome. this is like a pretty star-studded cast but the bodies do start hitting the floor pretty quick and there is a bunch of mystery to it i would absolutely like if you're into like military thrillers you're going to want to watch the terminal list. Don't let it get spoiled for you. I only watched it because I saw that Sean was in it and I might see him. We may see him at comic con. Maybe he'll come by the booth and I wanted to talk to him about it. Um, But he he plays a scumbag. He plays a complete scumbag. There are a lot of scumbags in this show and Chris Pratt's going to make them pay. And he's also really good at that role. I mean, I, I I remember watching Sean Gunn first time in like Gilmore girls and he was not a scumbag, but he was pretty like annoyingly scummy. <laughs> you know what? The worst thing He's I like say small about town, Sean, small town scummy. And then, like the more and more he, you know, was cast in his brother's projects, and the more and more acting work he got, he <laughs> kind of like solidified himself. Uh, the the worst thing I'll say about Sean is he's a Clippers fan. Oh. No, 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 no. That is just, that tears oh. it there, Sean. Sean, we've had many conversations about the Clippers. and uh, But I do have to say that the Clippers game I went yeah. to recently had one of the best moments I've ever seen in live sports, which was very weird. What was that? We were, I was like fifth row. I got really lucky. I got good seats. Mm-hmm. And then uh, it was the buzzer hit as someone was doing, sinking a three-pointer that would have tied the game and gone into overtime and he made it. And the whole that's cool. The whole arena went up, so that was pretty cool. Go Clippers for that. They do have shooters. They got they got quite a few shooters. I don't. Yeah, they got quite a few shooters there on the on the the Clippers, and yeah. uh, we'll see. And my friend wanted to leave, and I was like, "Don't leave." <laughs> I don't leave basketball games. I don't care how bad it goes. Um, I've just learned too many times that you'll end up in the parking lot or on the subway, and you'll be kind of checking in the game, and you'll see that things have completely flipped. Like, no, if you guys. 18 and 0 runs happen in the NBA, and before you know it, your team's right back in it. Um, right. Okay, so now's the time, Geekscapers. We're halfway through the show. I got to put up the warning now. We're, I think we got to get into this Stranger Things. And Geekscapers, if you want to, to talk a little bit more Stranger Things, and we're going to be referencing a little bit on the Geekscape.net website, Caitlin actually wrote an article talking about her predictions for. These last two episodes that are the super long, like feature length uh, episodes, uh, eight and nine, eight and nine for season four. Yeah. And um, and we're going to be talking about her predictions because some of the predictions did and didn't come true. And then we'll set that up for predictions on Stranger Things season five. Wow. But I'm going to tell you right now, Geekscapist, if you have not seen the last two episodes of season four. Turn back now. That's right. That's right. Go back to the right side up. Because you're about to get super spoiled here on Geekscape. Um, where do you want to start on this one, uh, Caitlin? I'll let you kind of write, run the show. I Okay, so I'm a huge Stranger Things fan. As, as a screenwriter, And uh, Stranger Things inspires me very, very much. I love the Duffer Brothers writing. And I really think they hit it out of the park with this season. I think they're writing... 
increased in caliber. Oh my God. Sorry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, okay. And I loved the, 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 the characters and I loved that when we ended in season three, Elle had lost her powers. And I think that's a super important place to, to start <laughs> it off on because they separated everybody and they lost their superhero. So they could kind of, when they were younger kids, get away with like, it's okay, Elle will save us. So I actually think it was really important that it went into this, maybe we can't be saved territory and we're definitely on our own, which is a tone that many horror movies, especially horror movies of that time, really take. And it's a place that we haven't really explored since Will Byers was taken. And Wait a minute, Caitlin. I, I explored the fact that we can't be saved and we are on our own <laughs> yesterday during it, it, it during Independence Day, just in the United States of America. <laughs> like, I, I mean, if you were celebrating Independence Day yesterday in the U.S., you definitely then you like should have been watching Stranger Things, fools. <laughs> yeah, that it's was like, great. Wow, um, they get how I feel. So for me, like a quick like, I loved that it went into this Freddy Krueger uh, horrorscape. And it went to this hard rock horrorscape. I think that Eddie Munson being a, he kind of encapsulated the parts of the other that hadn't been brought into this universe before. He encapsulated metal music. He encapsulated a harder, a grittier. Um, I don't think we'd really seen drugs in that universe until mm-hmm. Eddie Munson. Um, Cause he was selling them to Chrissy. And it was this. Idea- we also saw in that, in, I mean, as much as we were ready to write him off as the, we weren't ready to write him off because you know the never write off Eddie Munson. But um, when in that scene in the woods with Chrissy in that first episode, the sensitivity he showed to her, God. I was like, "Oh no, these the, the at least one of these characters is doomed, and this is going to break my damn heart mm-hmm. uh, with this stuff." So I think I can see why everybody fell in love with Eddie and should have fallen in love with Eddie. He, this this character was fantastic, very well written and very well performed, and. When he revealed in episode one that Vecna was his, and it was the same way, the way that, you know, Mike just dropped the Demogorgon in season one and he just drops Vecna into the the playing space. Vecna in D&D is probably one of the most famous villains in the entire D&D landscape. So that was definitely going to be a huge main player. And I was very, very excited to see Vecna. A lot of people who are into D&D right now, because 5e, the fifth edition, Critical Role and Stranger Things kind of all came out at the same time. And even Matthew Mercer based his main villain in his first campaign off of Vecna. He just had to rename it so that, you know, Wizards of the Coast didn't get angry with him. So he renamed it the Whispered One. So Vecna has been in this kind of new landscape of D&D, like crouching for a very long time. Um, and I think that casting um, England as as Vincent Creel was a huge major like casting choice, not just for the story, but the Duffer brothers kind of hinting like, Hey, we're in a horror landscape. Now your characters might not all survive. I don't think they were as successful at fall at the follow through on that because they were, they're saving it all for season five. Um, but I, I wish they honestly, I really wish they would have killed more people this season. So like, (laughs) I thought, Going into the last two episodes that I'd heard the Dover brothers say, hey, the body count's going to be five on the last two episodes. And I counted two um, major characters, including the bro that we don't want to talk, you know, the the, 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 the main character, villain well, of the series. Well, Brenner, Dr. Mm-hmm. Brenner and Papa. Yes. Um, which that was a long time coming and I wasn't sad. Um, I was not. 
And I, and as, as someone who like has been in a, a, not a relationship like that, I wouldn't say that, but like has been gaslit and like, you know, kind of like she's been used her whole life and she's in a toxic relationship with a father figure um, who is controlling and to, to be like, you know, everything I did, I did for you because I loved you. And I just need you to say that you understand me. I think her silence was probably the best answer. And, and to see the restraint in the writing was really, really beautiful, especially from a, a male gaze writer. Like we can't deny that, like, you know, that's a male gaze. So I, I really appreciated the restraint on some of the writing and most of the emotional moments don't describe emotions in the Duffer's writing. They describe actions um, or they describe things um, mm-hmm. and they just let the actors do their own thing. Um, I think that with, with Papa and the piggyback, which were the season uh, episode eight and episode nine, it, the, yes, they could have divided it. I mean, they could have, but they chose not to. And I think it was just to keep you in that headspace, knowing that you were probably going to watch the two back to back. And it was to keep you in the, like the prep for the mission and then the mission itself going awry. That's a good argument for not splitting them into three or four episodes. Yeah. Which, you know, I, I definitely, when, when things started feeling long and the moments were, I, I started thinking, Hey, why isn't this just four episodes? But obviously like, I actually think that looking and seeing that there were 13 episodes in a season or 11 episodes a season might've been more daunting. Right. But ultimately we're binging these things anyway. So what's the difference if there's a gap between two episodes or not, you're going to watch the right. two hours all at once anyway. And I do Just feel do like it. they left stuff out because one of my predictions um, was about the counselor who was mentioned in the last episode, but didn't really have a part to play. And I thought they were going to bring her back. I was convinced after seeing um, uh, Jamie Campbell Bower's performance as both Vecna and one and the orderly. Cause I do consider them three characters and I think they do as well. Um, just the way that he vocalized and, and the, his body language and all three of them were very, very different. Um, the way that the counselor talked was very similar to the way he talked to 11 as an orderly that he mm-hmm. was, he was very, very kind and, and trying to like, you know, I'm just doing this to help you sort of thing. But there were so many clocks around her and all of the victims related to her. So it's like I was convinced that they were going to like bring her back as like, was it all in their heads? And was Vecna like, you know, like doing something? And I was like, maybe they left some stuff out and maybe they did cut some stuff or maybe it just wasn't in there. And I just it was an unfinished storyline. So the I think that the the mission storylines and we can split those up into how many pieces you want. Um, that was the storyline for the season, like right. getting Vecna and and the 11 stuff was good. I liked the 11 stuff. Um, I absolutely love the Papa moment at the end of death, the part with the helicopter. I love all that big military stuff. Yeah. Uh, it's also tied though, to one of the parts where I think is weak. I think we lose a lot. I thought we lost a lot of Mike. We, we definitely lost Jonathan this season. That stuff started falling by the wayside. It's like they were, they were running around this pizza van and they, they, even when Eleven goes and like, t- like mind jumps herself to protect mm-hmm. Max, I feel Pretty like bad. they're yeah they mainly were there to wring hands and be like, come on, come on, come on. And I would have liked to have seen more active participation in like I would have liked to have seen Jonathan and those characters written with a little bit more to do than yeah. wring hands and, and try and find people. But that being said, like 
I, I hope that it wasn't in the service of bringing Steve back as a potential love triangle. And that storyline still had a lot more, uh, to me, a lot more uh, kind of, uh, I think it was more engaging than the Russia stuff. The Russia stuff ultimately is the stuff that for me felt like a lot of build for small rewards, you know, and, and I didn't quite understand uh, too much the plan to draw the monsters into the courtyard to mm-hmm. flame broil them when flame broiling down a hallway is really, really good. Yeah. Choke point those babies. Let's open up the flame broil in the hallway. Let's get them coming to you. You know, <laughs> especially when. Have the, to, to, yeah, go ahead. What we also have to understand about, about this is about the season and about these characters. It's like they kind of know what they're facing, but they've never faced it alone and and having everyone in different groups like it was kind of nice like i feel like i would have been in the freaking pizza group going like i don't know what the hell to do like i'm useless like they're, i'm useless and and you know the only other option for the duffer brothers to do was for the military for sullivan to come and find the van Mm-hmm. in front of the and, and like start bombarding the pizza joint and having having another uh, another kind of obstacle this but I, you already had the basketball players the sure. obstacle on the other end so it would have been like almost too cluttered if they had done too much with it and you had to keep like does mike actually feel like he's a part of the story which right. feeling like they're separate from the story i think enhances that um emotion that the characters are also feeling um, There's a one take master in the escape, and I think episode six or seven, uh, where they actually are in the. It might even be episode five, but they're they're in the house. Oh, when the shootout Jonathan happens, Mike. it's that's that's just an awesome one take master with the camera. That, that you know, and there's a lot of stunts in that sequence yeah. with the the squibs and everything. I thought that was awesome. Yeah, uh, they're not afraid of doing the wonders and they're not afraid of flashbacking. They're not afraid of like, hey, do you remember this moment? Like, do you remember this? Because <laughs> this is going to yeah. be the emotional kind of breaking point, especially with the stuff with Max. And that was really cool. I mean. Some balancing stuff is is kind of where I, I thought that I was uh, like, okay, we, we've hit this nail a lot. Let's, uh, mm-hmm. let's explore some of the other nails, but I'm just not going to get it. And yeah. Jonathan... Enough. Uh, one thing that I can criticize is uh, the Return of the King endings. To, Worst too many endings. Honest, this isn't even the ending. There's a whole season coming. Yeah. And they return the king. They return of the king dust. This was longer than Return of the King, wasn't it? No, it the wasn't. Endings, it wasn't. It wasn't? No. You did the math yeah, mathematically. Return of the King is, is, about, is over three hours. I know, but the ending ending. Where oh, like, I didn't, oh, I didn't bad do guy's that been, math. Um, the bad guy's been taken care of. Now we got ending, and you know what? I don't think it would have felt. But as, has he? As long. Like that was what was amazing about the. Yeah, um, he's still out there. But would it have felt as long if they would have just gotten Dustin some effing crutches? That was my biggest mystery. Was why doesn't Dustin have crutches? He clearly has a limp. He's clearly injured. Why does Dustin not have crutches? Discuss. I didn't even think about that, and, and <laughs> they made that actor perform a limp. And then, then he tells Eddie's uncle, like, hey, I was there when he died. And he's like, cool. He was he didn't say cool. He was sad. <laughs> he was sad. And, because and, and I do think that like here's the problem. Where are you at? 
<laughs> Point me towards his body. Can I get a little more closer? Here's the guitar pick, dog. Well, well, here's the thing. It's like when when your whole town has been split apart, and I do love that it's like, oh, they split apart at like they were directions, and like how deep Vecna's plan really went was really really cool. But they by killing off Eddie, you killed off everything that may, that that you did kill off the other. Like you did mm-hmm. kill off everything that like no one really understood, and it was kind of okay. And it made yeah. it even more heartbreaking, but I don't know if it, you know, I, I know that there's a criticism flying around that, you know, it, it didn't, I, I would argue that killing, that killing Eddie actually made it more heartbreaking because he was brave in the end. He didn't run away and he was brave the whole time and no one will know. And he did mm-hmm. represent a lot of things that no one would understand, except for the group of people that are displayed His on friends. screen right now. And it, yeah. it, it it kind of is like in this time period that we're living in, it's like how many others are we not looking at because we don't understand them? Um, it's not even just this time period, Caitlin. I mean, have you seen that documentary, Paradise Lost, the Robin Hood? Yes, 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 yes. That, that story horrifies me. And those are Metallica fans who were framed and blamed for killing a kid in a creek bed. And it turned out, I mean, so many people built, added to that story. And this is a real life story uh Gapus and you can find not only that documentary by Berlinger and Sanofsky, but you can go on and there are more documentaries. Peter Jackson was involved in it. Eddie Vedder was involved in it and trying to get these kids off death row for mm-hmm. a murder they didn't commit, but they were guilty of being metalheads in a small town yeah. and were blamed with this kid's disappearance and, and death. And uh and that that putting Eddie in the series and then having all this stuff happen in him being a scapegoat, I think was, was one of the most engaging parts of the series. And also yeah. just everything they did with this kid was no perfect, including his sacrifice. I mean, listen, I love the master of puppet sequence when those opening notes start up and you know, they're doing master of puppets and back <laughs> his way is a master of puppets. It's so fucking awesome. That being said, and like, it was badass it, because they, 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 his tattoo on his forearm, which is mostly covered by a leather jacket, bats? but it's the bats on his forearm that kind of, foreshadowed his end in a way which was Listen, really really Caitlin. beautiful and he also mentions it with ozzy osbourne with a bat oh and you you're immediately when he says this is music with the iron maiden tape do you see iron maiden retweeted it yes and was like yes we fucking got you i love this that being said that was me in Caitlin, high school by the way was when you and i are in the upside down let's make a plan now because we never know when Vecna's we never know when Vecna's coming we, we don't know uh let's make the plan now um i'm gonna get a giant stereo system okay and in the upside down we're gonna plug that in and i ain't fucking playing guitar on no roof i'm gonna plug that shit in and i'm gonna get as far away as the motherfucking thing as possible yeah. now what kind of plan was that you're telling me he telling me he didn't have a stereo system he could have just cranked up and been like peace and had the bats go into there and just be like watching from the woods and be like how ha, 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 we tricked those bats we're this nowhere is where near the there. point was i had a point and i lost it um <laughs> it was i think we have to remember that they are not like we have like 30 years on them in terms of like pop culture, like watching military shit. And we have, and they are not professional military st- strategists. <laughs> like at, at all across sound the board. Works. We have anybody who throws their voice knows how sound works. We, hey, have, we have, this is why you're negative Nancy. <laughs> Speaking of Nancy, I know. I am. I'm Steve in this scenario, and I'm gunning it. Um, it, these are kids coming up with a plan to save their town and save their friends, and it. And what I loved about it is that it fails at like stage two. Yeah, because Vecna's yeah. like, 
I read your mind, guys. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> when are you not? You're a moron. I'm a hive mind. Yeah, but he didn't. But he, what he didn't expect was that his mind would be so kind of like fractured, and that the more time he focused on Eleven, it gave them time to get out. Um, and and and, and you have to weaken him at multiple points. Like, is that why the demigorgon was important to be attacked in Russia? Was yeah, so because they're part of the hive more? mind. Because the the shadow. Yeah. They call it the shadow. That's what he, that's what one found in the upside down when he was exploring. So the thing about the upside down is that he made it Hawkins. Sure. And it was kind of like, it was my kind of like, is it Hawk? Is it, was it him? That was one of my predictions in the article. And it definitely was. And then you saw like the void kind of disappearing into shadow as the kind of Mm -hmm. mind kind of crumples. So the shadow is what he kind of intakes controls and then connects everything. He connects all the creatures and, you know, it's the way for him to kind of like, it's his version of a radio, but you know, the more that I have to play guitar on the roof, you have to play guitar on the roof. Yeah. I can't just put a stereo system up there and be like, ha ha, Vecna. No, because there's also the physical, like someone is taunting you. He's it's very, it's very Vader in a way. Like Vader doesn't really respond when it's like, you know, ha ha like it's like okay yeah. i know it's a trick but when you have someone taunting you it's like oh obi-wan i'm gonna uh, get you on that planet even though i have an the... imperial star destroyer and i could probably go two directions did you well i could at least launch tie fighters i was kind of like scratching my head at that they never saw tie fighters to be like hey can you just take out the engines on that thing um did you see that that was the code in the barbarian sword yes the double the 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 thing's head off oh i was was like that's a sword from conan the barbarian laying on the ground that's going to come into play yep yep i'm into it jamie gorgon's head i also right off to go into the article the way i did the article uh geekscapist was uh if you haven't read it highly recommend it i'm not biased at all um (laughs) was i go i went through all the pop culture references from season one that carried over to season four to try to predict what would happen um so I do think that the prediction of Eleven becoming like getting her a, f- a fullness to her powers like Dark Phoenix did. I don't think she I didn't say she would go full dark, but I think mm-hmm. bringing Max back from the dead is pretty like, you know, <laughs> that's pretty powerful. Yeah, I expected Max to could kind of sadly be the goner of the group. I I kind of didn't expect them to go that far as to like save Max, but yeah. I mean, I'm glad I did. Nobody wants to see a kid get killed, man. It was it was painful enough even seeing that annoying kid from the from the newspaper get killed and I hated that guy. That guy was Nobody annoying. liked that kid. Nobody liked that kid with glasses, but still seeing him suffer in the middle of the street get carried up in the air and pulled around, apart that was painful, but nobody was sick. I mean, you can't be cheering. Especially on that when stuff. the kid is like, I don't want to go. Like that was like, really oh my sad. God, that was heartbreaking. I do think that, that that her mind, because when she went into Max's mind and there's nothing there, I do mm. think that's where Vecna's hiding. Explain. Um that's the last person the same way that Eleven piggybacked max into vector oh, careful, careful you're getting very excited you're starting to tap that table sorry, again and it's making sorry, it come on ow, ow ow sorry podcast listener the same way that vecna uh that 11 piggybacked max into vecna's mind i think it's gonna it went the other way around as well so i think mm-hmm. that when they destroyed vecna's body um he piggybacked into max's mind as she was dying so now she's a bit of a spy going forward i I don't know if she's going to be a spy, but I think that's definitely 
there was a two day rest period basically until the okay. upside down was kind of released into the real world, which I'm really glad that's how they ended the season. I feel like that's, that was the only way to end the season. Um, I feel like this was, they totally went full star Wars on this one mm-hmm. with the, everyone's get like, we have a plan, but it's going to fail. And you know, the bad guys are going to win. Um, you even start the season would never tell me the odds with Destin right. saying, never tell me the odds. And when they go back into uh, when team adult go back into the Russian prison, I think he says, I have a bad feeling about this. Mm. Uh, I think Maury says it in the van um, when they pass the empty guard post. What's the deal you were telling me about leaving the doors open four inches? What is oh, that? so <laughs> it's my favorite little detail. And she did it in the beginning of the season two or season as well. Um, when we thought that Hopper was dead, um, they found the speech that Hopper was supposed to say to the kids about like, Hey, you know, you need to see each other less and please leave the door open three inches. So I know that everything's mm. okay. And it ends. Three inches. Okay. Yeah. So it ends with the speech ends like, so please from your dear old, from your poor old dad, can you keep the door open three inches? And then she, it kind of was a way to tell L in flashback, like while he's writing this down that he'll never say to her, but then he's alive. So he does. Um, how much having her in his life meant to him. And he just wants to protect her and do the best by her. And so you can see in the first episode of season four, whenever she's upset, the door is never closed. The door is always open three at a three inch gap. And then when Hmm. they go back to the cabin to clean everything up, she moves her hand to close the door, but leaves it open three inches in honor of him. Because that's the last thing he asked of her. And so when he comes back into the room and says, hey, kiddo, she she that was her first line to him is three inches. I kept the door open three inches. That's because it was like the honor of him. This is why we got you on here. (laughs) All I'm thinking this is you watching Stranger Things is like you're looking over this thing like a text. I'm watching Stranger Things tapping my foot being like, what is going on? I can't deal with. Robin longingly like looking at somebody some more. We get it, Robin. You like her, and then I, one one critique I actually do have, and I'm I'm being silly, but one critique I actually do have is that Robin wasn't given more agency until that very last episode, and she's kind of there to just kind of give like smartass remarks. And I'm like, no, Robin. You don't give think her, she had agency more in the uh, the psychi- the uh, psychiatry not the psychiatry scene. Um, when they went to go see Victor Creel, she's the reason they got into the, the freaking place because she <laughs> that, wasn't controlled. She allowed emotions to take over. Unlike Nancy, she is governed by emotion. That sequence was a little too um, Scooby Doo for me, where they're like, "Let's trick this guy into thinking." A little too Scooby Doo, like that. You know, next let's just have them in a trench coat on each other's shoulders, sneaking in like they're adults. But that being said, like, come on, Jonathan, you need to stop. Caitlin's on here to be positive and give positive thoughts. We talked about this, Jonathan. Nobody likes the guy who comes on and just craps on everything, Jonathan. So you need to stop this. You know, you're Vecna, Jonathan. You're the guy who's gonna who's ripping the skin off of everything and sending the upside down. Let's see. Let me look at some comments. How can I hear John say these things and praise fire punching tigers? It makes no sense. Big Yank <laughs> says, uh, the truth is everything has its appropriate tone, Yanks. And uh, sometimes I want a little bit more 
consistency and payoff to the promise from mm. from certain things. And when you have the opening notes of this triple R, which is a masterpiece, and you know they're it's Punch and Tiger time. By the time they get to the Punch and Tigers, you, it is all appropriate and right. satisfying when they get there. Maybe some Stranger Things will have some Punching Tigers in season five. What do you think will happen in season five? I, 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 I think that I think Vecna will come back. I don't know what if it. I hope it will be in in his own body, or he'll remake a body out of the shadow, which would be really great because I just want Jamie. But Campbell. he's not the big bad. He is that the actor's phenomenal. But Vecna's the big bad, yes, not the is. big smoke, smoke, smoke thing. No, because he he used the smoke in order to connect to everything in the world he used the smoke to upgrade himself into the predator he was meant to be as it were okay. he was the one so who, with his psionic powers built the world the way he wanted to okay so he could so probably Vecna pull in some more is the cthulhu guy. type monsters and he can create more of these monsters and more of these things and more demigorgons and more of these giant yeah. kaijus and things um and who so, knows what we can what he can create because we only know a piece of what he showed nancy um, and it did, it did seem like he showed Nancy because I want it. And that was a beautiful scene where he's kind of hovering over Nancy. And it's like, I want you to tell 11 what I have mm-hmm. planned. So he was fully expecting 11 to come back. I don't think, I think by showing Nancy, um, what was happening or what was, yeah. the, what the plan was, it was a way of enacting the plan because the first mm. gate opening was in his house, which means that someone had to die in the house. Right. So they had to make, so he kind of inspired them to make the plan. The way they they messed with time in the season was really, really great. And it's probably one of the most creative uses of time I've seen in a show like this. Because they didn't have to time travel. They just could flash backwards and then flash forwards. And in a way, they did do, um, you know, they, the grandfather clock, I, I said in my piece, was uh, could have been part of the grandfather paradox. Where it's like, if you kill your own grandfather before your father births you, like, will you exist? Where have we recently seen that one? The grandfather, um, the grandfather clock. Umbrella Academy, Yay. season three. Yeah. It's all about the grandfather paradox. Grandfather paradox. And um, I think the use of, you know, inspiring someone to do the plan that you set out to do that you already knew would happen. Like this weird mm-hmm. kind of like paradoxical way of viewing time. Um, I think was really well done um, in this season. Um, where do I think this is going to go? Okay. I well, think. Let's, let, let, yeah. Where do you think it's going to go? Where, what can we expect in season five? So you... I think that we're going to get a lot more deaths off the, on the offset. I just th- from the, off the bat. We're going to have a big one in the first episode. The, like, yeah, off the bat. Yeah. I think we're going to have a really big death. I think we're going, because the Duffer brothers have also said, that to account for the kid's age, they're going to set it later. So they're going to try to set it in the late 80s, early 90s. So it's not going to start immediately. Because they already look like 30. Because they already look older. So yeah. I think we're going to we're going to see how far the Upside Down has spread. I think that Papa Wheeler is going to go because he's useless. Okay. Um, I think that Mama Wheeler, who's kind of always been on the kind of edge of... Like, I think something's wrong, but I don't know something's wrong and I don't know any better. I think she's going to be a main player next season, as is Holly, because Holly will be the same age as Erica. Um, Okay. Well, Erica will age and then she'll kind of age in. Um, 
I think we're going to have to make room for those people. So I think some people are going to go. Um, it's not going to be Will because Will seems to be some kind of conduit to yeah. the upside down. He, yeah. has like a, he has like a force sensitivity type thing going on. It's obviously not going to yes. be Mike. Is it Dustin because he refuses to use crutches? Probably. He won't what, be able to run away. Yeah. What if it just starts and he just falls over um, and like hits his head and it's it has nothing to do with anything. He just yeah. dies. And I think that no matter who they kill, someone's going to be upset and someone's going to be glad. And it's just like, <laughs> honestly, yeah, I think there's an argument. There's an argument for everybody. Like everyone is so. Are they going to kill Jonathan? Yeah, yeah, I don't. I mean, they really kind of negated Jonathan in this season. Like, are they gonna just going to be like, all right, he like he's done. But it we, might be we, one of those cases where it's like we forewent him this season because he's going to be a main player next season. It's like, it's like a star Trek kind of like universe sure. where it's like, you know, you're going to take a backseat. Cause in the, cause now you're, it's like the Avengers, like the Avengers who were going to disappear in, in uh, infinity war were placed in the forefront of the story. And the ones that were going to stay for Endgame kind of took a backseat in the story. So that they, or it's what I tell myself every day that a setback is just a setup for a comeback. Yeah. And, and I tell myself that every day that continues to be a setback. Here's my unpopular yeah. opinion for Stranger Things. I don't know if they will do it, but I definitely think they were hinting at it. I don't know if they will, if they film it and then decide to hold it back, it might be a really beautiful thing to hold back that you don't have to say, share your whole story. There's a part of me that was right. questioning what Dr. Brenner was doing in the lab. And I'm going to have to take it back a second. Come back with me, Geekscapist. So if Henry Creel, who was 12 when he was when he killed his family and was captured by Brenner, captured, um, and became one. It was 1959. So when uh, you have a bunch of like kids that are kind of gaining these powers and and coming off of one you got two, you got three and you start to get these other kids and they're not as powerful as one. They say that. <laughs> and yeah. even though that two uh, being the closest to one is probably the most powerful. And then the more they kind of go down the line, it's less strong as it were. So 10 years down the line, the mother, like where are they getting these kids? And either they're getting it from, from blood donation or, or they're trying to like figure out how to put one's power into other kids in 1969, about 10 years down the line, 22, you would, Henry crew would be 22. 1969 is when Eleven's mother joins the program. Okay. And then one, and then 11 is born two years later. I think 11 is, might be Henry's daughter. I think they went full star Wars on this one. Which is why he doesn't want to kill her. He wants to save her and he wants her to watch. Brenner punishes one in episode seven, not because he helped her, but because he revealed parentage. He revealed that the mother was alive. So, <laughs> Vecna's. The chat just 11's, went dead. <laughs> Vecna's 11's brother oh. is what you're suggesting? Dad. 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 That's what I meant. Dad. Um, well, that's all sorts of kinds of fucked up. Uh, and clearly we're going to get that Luke, I'm your father soon now. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be waiting for that. Yeah. Okay. That's the biggest bomb you could have dropped. Time she was born. 
And I'm not saying that it happened like naturally. I'm saying it happened in a lab unnaturally. So like, sure. you know what I mean? Like okay. artificial insemination. And he because wanted to save her. Why he's because... the most, she's the most powerful and she's the one that kind of aligns with him. I think they'll, I think what they will do. So he actually, she actually is two. So the 11, one plus one is two. Like two. she is the two. Yeah. Because she is an extension of him. Of him. And and it's like, and why are they, and so, it's just my way of going like, why are they so connected? Why are they the two most powerful ones? Why did he find, try and help why her escape? Why did he try to help why her escape? Why does he escape? have a protective nature to her? Yeah. And it's like, is it just, yes, it was to manipulate her to get him to take Soteria out of him. Soteria is the Greek word for the protection god, is the Greek protection goddess. So it's like, mm-hmm. Soteria was meant to protect us from one. But that's why okay. they called it Soteria. Yes, it was all manipulative, but I think there was also a part of him, which is what I think that scene did in seven and in nine of just like, there was a time I wanted you with me. And there was a time where it's like, we've both been bullied. We've both been trapped. We've both been um, taken advantage of because of who we are and what our powers are. Come with me to the dark side. And now in nine, so, it's, I don't want to kill you. I want you to watch. Yeah. I want you to watch yeah. your friends die. I want you to watch me win because you didn't want to be here. And now the only person who can stop me creating this world in my image is you. And you're not going to be able to do it. Yeah. And I'm going to clean this place up and you're not going to be able to live in it. And you're not going to um, win. And, and it's the, and it's, I don't know if they'll reveal it. I think they'll keep it emotional, which I think would be the right call. Um, because otherwise, I think like the internet would explode in anger. You don't think they're literally going to say <laughs> you're not. You don't think at any point they're going to say Eleven's Vecna's daughter. You're going to or you're not going to be like like you. I'm your father. You're not. You don't think they're going to do that scene. I hope not, because then everyone's going to be like, "Oh, it's Empire," and then everyone's going to be like, uh, "Well, they're already of it of like they they're already their cribbing so many things. The only thing that they have left to not do is use like a." A freaking Teddy Ruxpin to talk across dimensions. Like, that's right. the 180s check mark. Uh, Big Yanks is saying Kate is in some lost level of conspiracy theories, and I'm here for it. To which he follows it up with John's brain broke. And I just got to tell you, Big big Yanks, it doesn't take a lot. All right. The whole John brain breaking thing, like, it doesn't take a lot. Yeah. All right, pal. I just want to watch a movie where a dude punches a tiger. I don't. That's it. Yeah. So, my prediction for season five is I think we're going to get a lot more deaths. It's going to be a world at war with the upside down. I think it's going to cool. be a lot more defensive posture as opposed it's like to the mist. Yeah. I think people there. Stephen King's the mist. Very yeah. much so. I think I, I think it is gonna. I think if it does take a turn, it would be a Stephen King type of horror turn because we've already done the Freddy Krueger and the Mike Myers. So it's like we're mm-hmm. getting into a little bit more like how does a real small town handle the supernatural? How far does it spread? Um, will the military realize that it's not eleven? Maybe the military thinks it is eleven still and will keep coming after her. So there has to we have to protect eleven while fixing the upside down. Um, and I think the, the it's going to be, how does Vecna return? I think he's hiding in Max's mind, um, which is what he does, and is going to use the shadow to build a new body. Okay, let's let's uh, let's let's cement those because <laughs> I, I I like that, and I think that's a great concrete place to end on. Hey, doctors, uh, hire Gabby, me. <laughs> you've given well. You're, you're, you're blowing up their spot. Why the hell would they hire you? Oh, you done true. sharing all their secrets. They're like, thanks a lot. 
we'll hire you so you can throw, put you in a hole somewhere and nobody can hear from you for, until our next oh episodes God. are out. And then you won't spoil our stuff. Sorry. Um, I could be totally wrong. They could just be like, hey, we're going to put you in an interrogation room and you're wrong. Yeah. Well, listen, Kate, all these theories, all these thoughts you got about the Stranger Things, um, it's it's why I wanted to add your voice to Geekscape. Yeah. Uh, not not the podcast. Not the pod- Listen, I, this is my. I, I can mess up a podcast on my own. All right. You got your own podcast to do. I do. Uh, and I guess you and Matt are discussing having a, a designated Kate. Yeah. Uh, Cornell Crusoe podcast here on the network. Yeah. So I do want to talk more about the about and, and it's, it's called the Final Frontier. Um, hey, listen, our show's only so long. All right, we're already <laughs> over an hour. So like. Ain't nobody here in this part of the podcast. You ever heard a podcast over an hour? Listen, this ain't Joe Rogan, all right? It could be. Joe Rogan, I'd be telling, I'd be, you know, it cannot. <laughs> Listen, my brain breaks quite a bit, but it's not that busted. Uh, yeah, we're not going to start t- saying conspiracy theories, all right? Um, you got to come back. Yeah. When you want to talk about this podcast. I will. And we're going to have a lot of you at Comic-Con. Yeah. You're there with us. I'm there. I'm there to be so there. So don't you worry. We're going to know about your podcast. You don't got to sell us on it. Sorry. The best thing you could have done to sell us on your podcast was whatever the f- you just said for 30 <laughs> minutes about Stranger Things. I'm sorry. You knew, you knew characters' names we didn't even care about. Also, and you Paul knew Reiser's their names. character name is Owens. I love I love Paul Reiser, but only because I made him <laughs> uh, laugh at the... Uh, we were in line for popcorn at the uh landmark and and it's it's gone it's a theater in la it's long gone but i I got him laughing i got him laughing and uh i was like paul riser even though you tried to smuggle those alien eggs yeah even though you tried to to get those xenomorphs uh back to earth uh you're okay in my book love me some paul riser i like a really good funny Uh, straight man and if he hadn't laughed I may still like Paul Reiser, but he laughed and now I love Paul Reiser. So maybe we'll ask Paul Reiser to be on the show and you can be on a podcast with him. But listen, I got it. There's can only be so much goodness in the world because yep. it's my world. And I'm in fact that I'm crooked. Uh, the goodness Geekscape is you're going to have to wait until Comic-Con to get more uh, Cornellables. <laughs> That's what we're going to call your knowledge drops is Cornellables. You yeah. can follow Caitlin on uh, social media. She's at Cornellable. Yep. Um, and just, just Google Caitlin Cornell Crusoe. Um, and of course you'll get more of her here on Geekscape. She's going to have her own designated show and we'll be getting our opinions and experiences a lot at Comic-Con. Are you there the whole time? What's the story on Comic-Con? I'm be there Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. I, I work Fantastic. on sets, so I'm trying to get Friday off, but Friday, Love Saturday, it. Sunday is what I'm aiming for. Fantastic. Um, and if you want to talk more, or... talk more Stranger Things, that's where I'm at. DM. <laughs> I will talk about the Upside Down. All day. <laughs> All night. <laughs> uh, that's what we love about it. Uh, Geekscapist, we obviously have more content than what's able to be fit into a podcast. So uh, we do appreciate that you listen to this far with us. And we invite you to listen some more. So please subscribe to the show and share it with your friends. And like you said, like Caitlin said, get in the DMs and keep your conspiracy theories going. Uh, we got great places for that over on the Facebook group, Geekscape Forever. On Facebook, we also have Instagrams and Twitters and all that social media stuff. So please search for Geekscape. We have 20 plus shows on the network now. So go to your podcast. Soon to be 21 right plus. 
that's great. Uh, keep at, I think we're already at 21 plus. <laughs> I, I don't have an exact count. So I just say 20 some odd because Matt is out of control and he's building me upside down faster than I can stop him. Uh, <gasps> is Matt so- back now? Matt is our Vecna. Matt, He's always no. been our Vecna. Yeah, it's okay. He's a cute little lovable Vecna. Uh, but Geekscapists, share this with your friends. Uh, leave us a five-star review. And uh, that's about it. Search for more Geekscape podcasts. we got tons of them, and we love that you've chosen to share it with us. Keep running up that hill, Geekscapists. Keep running up that hill. Peace. You're listening to the Geekscape Network. 